this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, this is Sandra. This is Jess. And this is Emily, and you are listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. Welcome to season three. Ah! Hi. About those lazy, crazy, oh, no, crazy. No, 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 no. <laughs> it, it played so much. It's I just so assumed that's how we would introduce good. the episode. <laughs> Honestly, though, the timing is perfect because we are, like, well into summer. It was 100 here over the weekend, yes. so I'm in, like, summer mode. Yeah, no, it was 95 for us, too. It's crazy. It's cool here today with a high of 75. Would Wait. you say it's lazy, hazy, crazy? I would. <laughs> this is a perfect day for a lazy, hazy, crazy day of summer. Europeans, Europeans. The temperature was 35 degrees Celsius. Just for the Europeans. Anyways. <laughs> No, just for everybody else in the world. Yeah, basically. For the non-Americans. Mm-hmm. Because we are backwards. Mm, basically. In more <laughs> ways than one. Um. Anyways, guys, uh, season three premiere, the lazy, hazy, crazy days. I always get that messed up, so I did have to look at my book. Um, Jess, you are starting off the season with a summary. Guys... This time, let's just do pass or fail. Yeah. No yeah, points. Yeah. It's yes, just please. pass or fail. Let's pass or fail. Um, and let's also hope that I pass more so you don't have to hear me sing again. I mean, I kind of want to hear you sing again. <laughs> yeah. For anyone who missed it, go back to the last episode and hear Jess's amazing voice. It's Lovely beautiful. Voice. It really is. So beautiful. Thanks, guys. You're much better friends than I deserve. <laughs> But I am doing the summary, um, and I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Well, Jess, are you ready? Let me take a sip of water. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. It was really hot in here. Okay. okay. Three, two, one, go. Lorelai dreams she's married to Luke and having his twins, and Rory is a dream doctor. Suki wants to make their house more masculine, but Jackson likes flowers. Taylor has filled September in Washington. Paris gets asked on a date, but misses it. Thankfully, Jamie has a zagat. Suki and Lorelai shop for antiques. Rory and Lorelai sit on the floor of baggage claim. At the festival, Rory admits to low-key cheating, and Lorelai is pissed. Jess is kissing a blonde. Dean's back from Chicago. Lorelai goes to Friday night dinner alone, and Mimi makes up with Luke, and the Gilmore girls reconcile. Yeah. Should we... There wasn't anything about telling the grandparents about the split. 
There was a little fight with the Gil- with the Gilmores. Yes, there wasn't. I mean, you were well. Um, I the also time did limit, not mention. So, hey there. I mean that, that that's that's fine. <laughs> I don't think we need hey, <laughs> hey there. there comes up just as many times as the Gilmore fight. <laughs> what do you think? You know what? I think it's a million degrees where Jess is, and I'm fine with it. I'm good with it. Yeah. When are the Gilmore's not fighting? Honestly, at this point, you even have to mention it. So true. Yeah. They're also back from Martha's Vineyard because time has passed. Yeah. Yeah. All of summer. Right? Like, literally all of summer. September now. More than that. It's only technically six weeks. Don't you guys remember? She was going to D.C. for six weeks. This Mm -hmm. just, no, no. But it doesn't feel like six weeks. No, it has to be more. There has to be a time frame because our last episode we decided was May 19th. That's when the wedding is, right? May 21st, May 19th, Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. like that. And now we're in September. So we have. Oh, right, because the end of September. Yeah. So I like, I don't know if it's it's the beginning of September. Yeah, we could, uh, it could almost be the beginning beginning of of September, September, but we still have all of June, all of July, and all of August. So I'm going to guess like six weeks summer and then six weeks in DC is probably. What what it could have been is that DC didn't start until mid June. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, that makes more sense actually. But again, um, we do not want to go down the black hole of time that is Gilmore Girls. Oof. So speaking of black holes and uh, dreams, let's just jump into this discussion of lazy, hazy, crazy days. La, la, la. tell you guys Mm -hmm. when i had the dvds and i was like going through and like watching the series from episode one for the very first time because at that point i'd really only caught like reruns and stuff and i started season three and disc one started and episode one started and i just sat there like what the hell is going on here (laughs) it's like the most believable dream sequence like, yeah. I legit, like, pulled the disc back out. I'm like, am I on the right season? Am I on the right episode? What is going on here? So, kudos, Amy Sherman Palladino. You totally got me. Shrek this all. Okay, let's talk about this Hello Kitty clock just for one second. Did she not learn her lesson? That oh, was yeah. my first thoughts. And then I was like, oh, it's a dream. <laughs> that That's my, my interpretation of that. But it's, like, such a good dream. It is such a good dream. <laughs> <laughs> And she's she's completely right. That nighty is so adorable. It's mm-hmm. so pretty. Um, guys, things are very domestic. It kind of almost seems like she was talking to Rory at first, but then you see Luke. And then you're like, oh, Luke is making breakfast for her? Oh, no, they're together? And, and not only are pregnant. they together, she's pregnant with twins. First Leopold and Loeb, then Sid and Nancy. Opposite. First Sid and Nancy, then uh, Leo. Leopold and Loeb. And I know that because, oh, we're going to talk about them. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about them. Well, the, like, the wild thing is how believable this is. Right? How authentic this feels to all of the characters. Like, none of this is shocking, apart from the fact yeah. that obviously they're not together. But it doesn't feel like this is out of character for anybody. Like, I cannot... And she looks so happy. I cannot yes. describe how much I wish... Not necessarily that we would have missed the Luke and Lorelai get-together scenes, but, like, that they were actually together at this point in the series. Mm-hmm. You know what I wish? I wish this would have been an indication of the future. 
Like, I don't yeah. know if um, you guys watch Park and Rec, but, like, in, like, season two or something, Amy... Sorry, Leslie. Leslie gets told that she has room enough for triplets. And then oh, later yeah. on in the series, she has yes. the triplets. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, wouldn't have this been a great indication for Lorelai to get to pregnant twins. with twins? Yeah. Because she's an older mom when she has them. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but no. So many wishes. Um, it's a dream. And she immediately calls Rory. And Rory's still in DC, right? Mm-hmm. She calls her presumably in the middle of the night, going towards the morning. And she asked Rory for a dream analysis. And She's Rory gives, unhappy with the dream analysis. Yeah. She says, uh, you're secretly in love with Luke and you want his twins. And she's like, no. Guys, do you think that was the analysis or do you think Rory's too real analysis is the right one? I mean, All it's like it? the most textbook analysis. Right? You dreamed you were married to somebody. You dreamed you were having yeah. their kids. Like... <laughs> And then somehow hmm. it's about Christopher instead? I mean... Straightforward. Well, apparently, Rory has had a dream about Taylor where he was supposedly <laughs> Dean, so who knows? These girls have some weird dreams, regardless. Who doesn't? Well, you know who else has weird dreams? Paris. Who Paris dreams, dreams of, like, her political jumps, stuff? Hers jump all over the place. At, yeah. Well, The only thing I remember is she did not have sexual relations with that woman. She mentions a lot of names, like a lot of politicians' names. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so Rory's now awake after this phone call. She goes over to her desk, and we see a bunch of letters, all from Chicago, from Dean. Mm -hmm. Pushed aside. Pushed aside, Mm -hmm. because the the real letter (laughs) that we care about is the unwritten letter she started to Jess. And has been unable to finish. No idea what to say. So if this, if she left in, say, mid-June, then she avoided him for all of, from May to June. Mid-June. Mm-hmm. Like, the way the season ends, she makes it feel like she is immediately leaving. Yeah. Like, she's hopping on a plane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then she'd be gone for three, three months. months. Which I don't think is possible. I mean, she said it was only six weeks. But, so this means that she has avoided jess for at least a month at well three months at this point yeah i mean before she even left to go to dc yes they were still in town she was still with dean well honestly she probably still had school right school usually gets out at some point in june especially if they start in september it's probably a late exactly so she probably had school she was probably prepping for the trip she had lots of things to do Mm -hmm. she also has a boyfriend so (laughs) And as we will see in the rest of this episode, she has not been treating this boyfriend especially well. But we'll get into that. Guys, did you guys ever have love letters with any ex-boyfriends? Or current boyfriends? Oh yeah, I have a stack of letters that are in my nightstand. And they're like my save if the house is on fire thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love my love letters. (laughs) I I did a lot of pen palling when I was a kid. Um, so not necessarily love letters, but I have that stack of like just letters that we would send back and forth. I, I haven't sent a letter in maybe a decade. Like yeah. a, a pure letter I have not sent. Emails, yeah, but. It feels more authentic than an email. It does. Than typing. Yeah, they, they've just gone out of style, unfortunately. Yeah. But it's a sweet thought anyways, Rory. Too bad you never did it. Um, 
but we go. It would back. be a sweet thought if she didn't have a boyfriend. boyfriend. Oh right, there's that. <laughs> okay, guys, we have to talk about this. Jackson got out of the shower once in a teeny tiny towel while uh, Lorelai was there, and Lorelai saw all. And now it seems like she's so traumatized that every time they have to announce that Lorelai is here. <laughs> I mean, it's his house. Right? I mean, if not that I ever regularly go over to my friend's house for breakfast who, you know, is living with her husband by any means. But, like, if that happened, I would totally do that and treat it that way. Like, make it a huge (laughs) to-do every single time. Suki and Jackson are kind of in a little weird tiff, right? Like, Suki wants to paint the house. Jackson does not. I'm not even going to say, like, they're, like... Suki is in a tiff, and Jackson's like, no, just leave it alone. Jackson's not in a tiff yet. And Suki is solving future problems that don't exist yet, and I recognize that because I also do that. And you know what? Don't do it. (laughs) If the problem doesn't exist, you don't have to solve it. It's okay, Suki. You know what I liked and hated at the same time? Jackson likes flowers, and he likes ruffles, and that's fine. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. As a man, that is fine. You can like whatever you like. But they had to slip in that gay joke. They had I mean, it's to. It's what, 2002, baby? We yeah. have to make a gay joke. Oof. A man can't like flowers. A man can't like ruffles. It means he's weird or different or gay. <sighs> well, Suki is still convinced that she has to paint the house no matter what Jackson says. And we're going we're gonna to just talk about Suki and Jackson for a bit because... Their story is basically in the background, so we Mm -hmm. can just knock it out. Mm -hmm. Um, But before that, I just want to mention the jump scare that happened in this this scene. The bucket hat. Oh. We'll talk about the bucket hat. I have one comment to make because that's literally all I have to say. And I might get crucified for this. I think she looks super cute in that dress and hat. It's very of the time. It's not something I would ever wear, but I thought she looked great in it. Well, bucket hats are coming back, right? Well, I mean, that's the issue. (laughs) Almost everything that Lorelai wears in this episode, you could see on like a 19-year-old today. Yeah, Gen Z was that hat. Oh my gosh. Like literally, I could walk out the door and I could see like a cute little 20-something wearing that. And I would not even... Bad an eyelash. Yeah. My only complaint on that outfit, it is, I don't, I do not think it is a work appropriate outfit for the no, manager it's a mini of an dress. <laughs> It's a v-neck mini dress. Yeah. Lorelai, come on. Well, I know anyways, it's summer. Moving on. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll talk about fashion. I just had to bring up the jump scare. It was like, it came out of nowhere and all of yeah. a sudden there was a bucket hat. She puts like, it on very what? confidently. <laughs> Where did this come um, from? The next time we see Suki is they are antique shopping Mm -hmm. at Mrs. Kim's. And she's looking for things that will make the place more manly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like a shaving table or a mounted trout. I I want to throw this out there. And I don't know, like, where the prime man furniture shopping is for anybody. But, like, for me and for my husband, prime man shopping furniture is not done at an antique store. (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's that's a yeah. fair point um the trout looks like more of a luke thing yeah than a jackson thing well 
When we eventually see what Suki decides to do with the decor of her home, she's very clearly, in her mind, going for, like, rustic cabin vibes, which the trout fits. Um, I, does any of this fit Suki? No. Does any oh, of it fit not. Jackson? No. Definitely not. Um, because, the yeah, that's color's the next, nice. That's the next scene we see. By the way, I'm sorry, before I go there, um... The other thing that happens at Mrs. Kim's, which I thought was hilarious, is that Lorelai pays Mrs. Kim $20 so that she won't buy the trout. And Mrs. Kim haggles. Yeah, it was supposed and, to be well, $10. she starts with 10 yeah. yeah. And I totally, like, you're, Lorelai, I love you, but you're literally telling, saying, hey, I will give you a third of what this fish costs to not let her buy it. Like, she'd make more money just letting her buy the fish. Yeah. And... The thing is, the next time we see Suki, Suki has purchased a lot. Like, it's comic. It's beyond reality. She has purchased so many items in such a short span of time. And painted the entire house. Because this happens the same day. I I think there's like a two-day difference because it's Thursday, Friday, kind of. But yeah. Suki's wearing the same outfit for some reason. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yikes. Between 24 to 48 hours. Um, but, like, yikes. Like, yeah. it's a hunter's dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like if you bought everything in a catalog called Hunter's Cabin and just put everything on the walls. That's <laughs> like, what this reminder, house now looks like. <laughs> reminder, these are two people in Connecticut. Right? Mm-hmm. Not the deep south. I'm pretty sure Suki's never gone hunting. I don't know oh, about Jackson. Not. Also, Suki could not wrap her head around buying a $1,200 shaving table, but she bought an entire stuffed taxidermied grizzly or brown bear, which, like, I swear, with everything she put in that house, that had to have been, what, at least $10,000 worth of stuff in, ni- I mean, like, early 2000s like money. Like an amount, yeah. I don't know, but guys, they have an argument and, like, they just got married. So, like, if I was, um, let's say, watching this for the first time, I would be like, oh, my God. Like, Jackson and Suki came off on a, the wrong foot right away. Right? Because that's such an angry fight. So we're looking up stuffed bears. And- <laughs> I forgot I was sharing my screen. A full. <laughs> you need to have a full brown bear. He needs to be standing and he needs to be posed. That's the magic. This is an adult. We're seeing a lot of cubs. We're seeing a lot of black bears. Roughly, they're like around the oh no, it's fifteen just to okay. three thousand dollar mark. Ooh, no. okay, no, the closest no. is probably that one. Yep, twenty eight thousand, twenty six thousand dollars for oh, a no. full standing oh, here, bear. No, here's a smaller one. It's only fourteen thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, so let's say she scrimped and she did fourteen thousand dollars. Okay, but. Jackson did not want this. Suki did this against his wishes. She spent a bucket load of money doing it. Right, because there's there's also deer on the wall. There's also, like, there's a whole bunch of stuff. They have this fight. I hate that Lorelai just walks in. I know that she they're best friends, but you hear your best friend and, and her partner having a fight. Do you I just do walk, walk in? Right? Do you end up giving them their space? They walk away. The next time we see them, they're in. The, it's in the background. It's Rolling at the, very the bear end. out. Yeah. Obviously, there's some insecurities here. 
Yeah. Suki mm-hmm. believes that she needs to make Jackson happier. Um, it was her house first. Now it needs to be their house. I think she unfortunately needs to relax, right? That's the solution is that this insecurities are not real. Yeah. Jackson loves her a lot. Like, I yeah. I understand having insecurities and wanting to do that. But when mm-hmm. Jackson is repeatedly saying, no, I like it. Leave it alone. Okay, let's let it go. But, like, will you promise me if anything is ever bothering you in the future, let me know. Thankfully, we know where Suki and Jackson end up. This is not going to be a fight that lasts forever. So, yeah. with the B-plot taken care of, let's go back to the main girls. Um, guys, there's a festival happening, and Taylor's in a wheelchair. Because he slipped on a banana peel that was on his doorstep. And we know that Jess is back in town, so I'm surprised that uh, <laughs> that wasn't immediately where yeah. Taylor's mind went. I, I wanted to look this up. Do you think Taylor, or the actor who plays Taylor, was actually was in a wheelchair for the... Lorelai is very kind to Taylor in this episode. <laughs> right? Weirdly so. Even though Taylor takes everything she says as sarcastic or being mm-hmm. mean, which is funny. Yes, um, he finally found something to fill September with. Apparently there was, uh, September was lacking an event, which in Stars Hollow is a big no-no. He's got this big summer festival, um, which looks like a lot of fun. It looks like a lot, but it looks like a lot of fun. I mean, I have you guys noticed the merry-go-round horses in the back? Yeah, the carousel mm-hmm. horses wheeling in. And there was also, mm-hmm. like, the world's most fabulous extra who appears multiple times in this festival. Mm-hmm. She's got, like, a full-length white dress and a big white hat on. And every time I saw her, I was like, who is that? Yeah, there was a lot going on in this episode. Maybe it's just me. A couple of days ago, we had a festival in our town, and I could hear it from my house the entire time. And it went on for hours, and there was no parking anywhere. And, like, I was just kind of over it. (laughs) Yeah. Festivals are great. They're even better when you can leave them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And, like, I'm thinking, like, 9,000 people are in this town, right? And they go to this festival. It's just going to be an all-day affair. No matter where you go, you cannot escape that music. Yeah. Yeah, because they only know the one song. Like, how is that not a formal complaint of, they need to know more than one song? Like, (laughs) they at least need at least a CD's worth of songs. Well, Taylor is super excited because he has got a band coming from New York. And when we hear them and when we see them, they are quite fun. But we don't see them yet because Lorelai does have a moment where she looks through the window of Luke's diner. Mm -hmm. And she sees Luke. And we are reminded, oh, yeah. They're fighting. They're not friends right now. They're not good right now. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's a little heart string tugging. Like Lorelai's mm-hmm. going through it in this episode, right? Yeah, because it was the last time we saw her. Her dreams of being with Rory's father were crushed, mm-hmm. and she took it very well. But obviously, that's heartbreaking. And Luke is like her person that she goes to when she's down, and she can't do that right now. And Rory's not around, so she's alone. Suki's in the middle of God knows what with Jackson. Right? Yeah. And Rory's in D.C. Um, She's actually at a the 15th annual Junior Leadership 
brunch. Yeah. And uh, Paris is harassing every congressperson that she can get her hands on. Democratic, Republican, doesn't matter. She just wants to talk. These are legitimate House representatives and senators that are in this episode that she talks to at the time. I was wondering. Yeah, I thought so that the, I. The, the Republican from California, I thought, okay, they definitely film in California. So I'm pretty sure that they could have gotten. Watching, if you watch the opening credits when they have like the guest stars listed, one mm -hmm. of them says like Senator, whatever his name was. And the girl says, oh, say, yeah. Okay, and then yeah. the other one says like representative and oh, has wow. her name. So yes. I thought that was really cool. Well, while that's happening, um, Rory Gilmore is getting coffee, as, as she's wont to do. And um, we meet possibly the most cruelly treated character on this show, bar maybe Paul. Jamie. Sweet Jamie. I, I love Jamie. How much I like Jamie. He's yeah. so sweet. And he's he's so smooth. He really is. And the issue I have with Jamie is like, Paris later is like, you have to go hide in a closet. He's going to see you and you're so dateable. Like, Jamie immediately gives me the vibes of he's that guy who gets along with all of your friends, but he's not like attracted to any of them. Mm -hmm. He's just friends with all of them and you don't have to worry about him at all. That's no. Jamie's vibe. Yeah. He likes Paris. It's so obvious how much he likes Paris and only Paris. And he asks her out and she misses it. <laughs> oh my god. And I love, I think Paris is so cute in the whole, mm -hmm. the whole interaction because she's just, just going on like, yeah, why would, oh great, this guy cries and this guy is afraid of, of every, you know, just going on about how they're going to dominate the debate. You know, <laughs> just, and, and Jamie just smooth like, oh, okay, well we should get together afterwards to celebrate the win. She's like, yeah, sure, great. Arr. <laughs> and that's it and he likes paris being paris like, yes she's not it's hiding. not like she's acting different no she's being herself and he likes her and it's so sweet when rory's like he asked you out and she's like i can't believe it i got asked out and i missed it was it a good ask out this is very yeah, good wish i would have been there <laughs> um Aww. i love rory and paris in this scene i think they look so pretty both of them um, We're gonna talk about yeah. why that is in okay, fashion. Cool. Oh, thank God, because I'm like I can't I can't pinpoint it. They both. I did my research. I everybody know why. <laughs> in this show looks so much better in season three, and I don't mm -hmm. know why. So Jamie, we love you, but yikes, you're gonna have a rough time, bud. <laughs> that's that's a while away though. So, <laughs> um, we go back to the inn, and guess what? It's Kirk. It's the C plot. <laughs> Hey there. Kirk has the best sales pitch, which is, have you ever seen a wrinkly cow? You haven't. What's the difference <laughs> what cows between eat? cows and humans? Besides, hey. they're just a cow. <laughs> oh, so cows don't eat hay? <laughs> they, they could. They eat grass. Either way, he has created another position for himself of uh, like body product entrepreneur. And he's trying to get Lorelai to use them, and thank goodness she doesn't. That's what I'll say. I love that Michelle uh, interacts and, like, entertains him. Mm hmm Because usually Michelle's very much like, I can't deal with this goodbye kind yeah. of deal. Uh, no, he wants to listen, and he wants to listen to whatever pitch Kirk is about to give. 
I mean, yeah, and he also, sees entertainment coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lorelai and Michelle seem good in yes. this. Like, it's a very brief scene, but compared to everything we saw her do to him in season two, they seem like friends right mm-hmm. now, like friendly coworkers. Do you think the screenwriters finally figured out, they're like, oh, right, they're supposed to be friends. Something is going to happen later in the season that's going to make us want to continue having Yannick Truesdale on the show. We have to make sure he actually, his character stays in the show. Maybe. I mean, they need to give him character motivation to want to continue working there Mm -hmm. because his job seemed miserable last season. Yeah. His boss showed up where he was eating and made him leave by just annoying him. Like The cook constantly makes fun of his diet and the fact that he wants specific food. Mm-hmm. Why would you stay, dude? Why? And I- so maybe they are kind of like retconning the yeah. relationship a little bit. Yeah. Well, Emily calls and she doesn't even say hello. This conversation is honestly one of the most ridiculous conversations I am she, 100% convinced Emily is trolling Lorelai. Right? Like, she wanted a, a call the second she walked into the house? Like, but the luggage she is still being put in. She didn't know when they were coming. Yeah. Who wants a phone call the second they're walking in the house? Right? They're literally bringing the luggage in well, Emily's the not. phone call. Well, still. You know, like, they are not unpacked. They have not settled. They spent three months because she says they left two days after the wedding. Mm-hmm. So three months at Martha's Vineyard. Nice vacation. And Richard was not working because he's retired, but he just started his, own, his own thing, business. right? So I guess he could do his own thing in Martha's Vineyard since he's not tied. Maybe he but, was networking there. Fair. Totally fair. Um, regardless, Lorelai gives up, apologizes, and then in literally kind of the same breath, straight up lies to Emily about Rory. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. no, she's not back till Saturday. Could have sworn it was Friday. Because <laughs> Lorelai is trying to wingman Dean and Rory. Because isn't that what any good mom would do? I have to say, this is almost <laughs> out of character for Lorelai because it puts her in the situation of having to go to the grandparents by herself, knowing that she's going to have to share this news with them. So, like, I feel like it's very out of character her, character for her to not want Rory there with her. I almost feel like she's trying to protect Rory. Ooh, Dean is, like, point. just a... They're like, oh, I can shove her to Dean. But, like, really, she's trying to protect her She from... knows it's going to be bad. Yeah. Well, and she knows it... I'm assuming she knows it would taint Rory's view of the grandparents as well, hearing whatever they're going to say to Laura. Yeah. We're going to get into it, but Richard was not my favorite character in this episode. God, no. No. Um, we move back to Rory in DC. Guys, Rory looks so bored during this phone call with Dean. Yeah, and when he says, I love you at the end, and she just says, gotta, gotta go, go. Yeah. I'm just like, Dean, read the signs, buddy. Like, I'm... I'm never going to be Team Dean, but in this particular moment, I'm pro Dean. To be yeah. fair, in this moment, we have we do not hear any of the other phone calls that Rory and Dean have. So there might have been I love you's back and forth on all of the other phone calls. We don't know. And a Paris, Paris freak was out freaking out is always mm-hmm. a valid reason to jump off the phone. <laughs> that is true. Um, but I love the writing here because we have 
her saying, like, maybe I'll be blonde. And he's going, no, I would hate that. Right? I don't like change. Right? Mm -hmm. And then when she's talking to Paris about falling for a guy who's spontaneous, unpredictable, that -hmm. you don't know what's going to happen. She's not describing Dean, guys. And then she jump scares herself because she realizes she's not describing Dean. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and she's so excited when yeah. she's talking about She Jess. looks in love. Yeah. Guys, this is almost an exact replica of a scene from season one when Paris and Tristan go on their date. Is that season two? It might be season two. Um, when oh. Paris and, and Paris goes over to Rory's house to get her to help her and um, Rory starts talking about Dean and like mm-hmm. how she likes him. It's almost the same scene, except now it's Jess. Also, yeah. Paris is wearing her own clothes this time. And looks, and she looks phenomenal. Great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. All of them. They all look so good. <laughs> what happened? When you hear it, you'll know. Rory's a really good friend here, guys. I really mm, love yes. it. Um, she gets shoved into a closet. Fine. <laughs> Which, honestly, <laughs> does she stay in the closet for the remainder of the day? Like, Why does she have a flashlight? Like, she's not at home. She's in a hotel room or a dorm room. Maybe the dorm room supplies the flashlight. A flashlight? <laughs> well, I mean, Rory is also, like, a voracious reader, or so we're told. Mm-hmm. So maybe she, like, grew up as, like, a flashlight under the blankets kind of kid. You know? Okay. Oh. Um, there is one line that Rory says. She says... When you're not looking, you'll find someone. Someone who likes the same books, same music, trash mm-hmm. the same shows. She's talking about Jess here, and it's so painfully obvious. Why hasn't she broken up with Dean? Because nobody has told her you can break up with somebody. Feelings fade. Fair. It's okay. That's kind of... Lorelai kind of said that. Finally, yes. But not yet. But at this point, like, I just... I Rory... You're in the wrong here, girl. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We go back to Stars Hollow. We have the scene at Kim Kim's antiques, um, which we, we get to talk the, about. So we, we get, get to the to, airport. Yeah, we get to the airport. Guys, Paris lives in Hartford. Wouldn't she be on the same flight? I can see Paris extending her stay to do some more networking. Yeah. Okay. Or. To go on another date with a boy. Who knows? <laughs> the Princeton um, boy. But... <laughs> Did they say they no. were on separate flights? Did I miss that? No. No, it's she just, just wasn't there. She just wasn't there. I just assumed they separated. Like, Paris's chauffeur was already there waiting and <laughs> she had already left. Anyway. Um, they're so excited to see each other. They literally fall to the ground. They collide yes. and collapse. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like... I I don't know if I would sit on the floor in the middle of baggage claim at the airport. I'm you know, surprised. I mean, like, it's a really cute thing on a TV show. <laughs> I'm surprised TSA doesn't come over and is like, you need to get up and move. Right. Well, especially because of the times, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is 2002, probably. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. airports were recent. a different world. I like, mean, even Lorelai's joke about yeah. feeding gummy bears to the bomb-sniffing dogs, like... Poor taste. Read the room, you know? Like, we were all still very uncomfortable with the idea of flying. Like, just everything about that at this period was a little iffy. But Rory had a fine flight experience. 
Lorelai bought her a bunch of Hartford junk, which, again, where does all of their money come from? Nothing at the airport is cheap. Nothing is. Nothing. Ever. How, how on earth can you be like, I can't afford my kid's school, and everywhere you go, you're like, I'm going to buy $200 worth of junk we don't need. <laughs> I, that had to have been more than $200. I mean, the hoodie alone was probably 50 She had 50, multiple bags. $20, yeah. $20, $30 for the sunglasses. Like, I don't... For Hartford. <laughs> Come on. Guys, what was your first trip without your parents? Disney with my grandma. Does that count? Well, without... Yeah, like, without any parentals. As an unaccompanied flyer? Mm-hmm. I went to Colorado when I was... 19 to visit an internet friend and i stayed for two weeks and it was amazing um i was terrified to fly alone but it was so exciting to go out i don't recommend it like people make sure you know (laughs) you're going to see like a real person um i didn't know we were skyping and all that stuff but um it was amazing and it was so scary to be without like your mom there just to be like what if something goes wrong? Or if I need something, it was before Uber. So like, I would have to call my own taxi, like all these things. But I don't know. It was an adventure. How about you, Jess? I, um, my grandparents, my Nana and Papa, they wanted me to be able to fly on my own. And so they bought me a ticket to fly home from their house when I had visited them for the summer. Mm -hmm. And I flew from like the tiny little airport in their town back to Seattle and it was on, you know, like a small commuter plane, but they it was very important to them that I understand how to do this and be a big grown-up. And of course, it's like the airport is one of those ones where there's one gate and you can see through the glass into like the little <laughs> sitting area. Aww. And so they sat on the other side of the glass and they watched me until I left and then I walked onto the plane and they waved to me and it was like, it felt very, very grown-up at the time. How old were I was you? still in. I was probably late elementary school so like less than definitely less than 12 um yeah yeah and i had my little bags you know and of course Mm -hmm. the check is like where they put it through a metal detector and they're like you're good (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was really sweet it was a good memory i don't think i went on a flight by myself until like my mid-20s okay so like full-grown adult adult. i just flying out to jersey to visit my brother. Do your thing. <laughs> that was it. Every, every other time I have flown, I've been with a grandparent or my husband or a parent. Like, And I've only done that once. Well, Rory arrives home. Um, she wants to change. And okay, I understand there's ulterior motives to this changing. But like, okay, she was just on a flight. She's allowed to change. Absolutely. More yeah. like, calm the hell down. Yeah. Oh, uh still at the airport i wanted to ask so when lorelei says hey i got you out of dinner with the grandparents and rory's like what how and lorelei says i lied does rory look like uncomfortable a bit to you guys definitely um because she immediately says you can spend it with dean yeah right she's pushing dean on her and she's just like are you sure like i could go to dinner like yeah and she I'm surprised Lorelai didn't catch that. Me. Or maybe yeah. she did, and she's like, no, I still need to have this conversation without you there. I mean, Lorelai is also so overwhelmed with having Rory back. Like, yeah. her best yeah. friend has been gone all summer, and now she got her back. And 
She doesn't even want her to change clothes. She just wants them to go to the festival. No, yeah. she doesn't even want to go to the festival. Right? She she tells Rory, you don't have to go. And I think it's because Lorelai realizes something happened. Yeah. Right? Because, like, later on when they have their fight, Lorelai is very pointed. Right? Look what you could have... Uh, you dodged a bullet there. Right? Mm-hmm. It's very much like, okay, now you can finally get over Jess. Yeah. Like yeah. That's what she tries to say. Because Rory does get home and she does change and... Yes, good point, Sandra, about, yes, she was on an airplane. Like, I want to change, too, after Mm -hmm. I've been on a plane. But Rory wants to specifically change into a pretty dress Mm. because she's expecting to run into Jess. Um, And even Lorelai's like, wow, fancy. fancy. Like, you don't need to. And, like, Lorelai's right. She does look really fancy (laughs) when these two girls scramble out of a bush together into the center of town. I'm like... Guys, we do have to rewind because as much as we don't like him, he was in this scene. Christopher calls and leaves a message. We could have ignored it. it. I mean, (laughs) no, they're both icing Chris out and they both are completely in the right. And I do like that Lorelai tells Rory just because I'm freezing him out doesn't mean you have to. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it makes Rory's freezing out more... Hers. Like, powerful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think it's a very good mom moment for Lorelai. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. But yes, she's wearing a super cute summer dress. And little heels. Yeah. <laughs> heels. They are coming out of a bush. You're right. I, I don't... Save them three minutes, because apparently Lorelai's been bored and been looking for shortcuts. Um, which, how long have they lived here? You don't need shortcuts at this point. <laughs> you really don't. Supposedly you would have um, already found all the shortcuts by now, but apparently not. They arrive at the festival, and first off, I just have to mention, there's a telescope in the background. Why? It's the middle of the day. What are they looking at? This festival does go well into the night. Because when Lorelai gets back from Friday night yeah. dinner, the festival is still, it's still going. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, maybe. I can give you that. But still, the <laughs> telescope was weird for me. I mean, there's a lot of weird things about this festival. Like, you've got dancers, you've got the singers, you've got the carousel horses, you've got cutouts. Like, it's just every summer-themed festival shtick you can mm-hmm. put into one visual gag, which is this festival. It's the oh. next scene, Emily. I love it. There it is. Yeah. See, hey, Andrew's Andrew! looking. Andrew's looking through this telescope in the middle of the day. What are you looking at? The sun? Maybe there's... Looking at, like, the bell tower or something. Who knows? Maybe there's, like, a fun game. Like, if you can see what the big sign really far away says to the telescope, you win a lollipop. I think we're giving them too much credit right now. (laughs) Oh, Um, yeah, absolutely. You know who else doesn't deserve credit? Kirk. Kirk with his Uh, bad cream. (laughs) Hey there. Apparently causes many issues. Yeah, it is an EPA violation to dispose of. It reacts to light and heat and motion, and he finally accepts that he will come and pick it up because Lorelai has three crates of it. Yikes. Um, Is this town weird? Yes, Mm Lorelai. It it is weird. Yeah. Yeah. Every man that you ever date will tell you this town is weird. Yeah. (laughs) Lorelai. Even Luke. (laughs) Yeah. And he's from there. Yeah, so Taylor, um, obviously the organizer of this event, 
Lorelai goes up to him, says something nice, he takes it bad. Doesn't matter, because what we're focusing on is the fact that Rory is looking around. She's looking, looking for around somebody. everywhere she can. So as soon as they get there, she's immediately looking around. Mm-hmm. And Lorelai's even like, what are you looking for? And she's just like, I'm, you know, taking in the festival sites or something. No, she's looking for Jess. Which, it's funny because it seems like Jess probably hasn't moved from that spot in a while. <laughs> so she just wasn't looking in the right spot. Okay, but like, Jess is not a festival goer, right? Mm-mm. He definitely 100% chose this on purpose so that she would see him. I feel, yeah. Did he know for sure when she was coming back? Probably not. Because Luke and Lorelai are not talking for that info to, That's fair. to go through. Mm-hmm. Which means he's probably been doing this in very visible spots all over town all <laughs> summer long. <laughs> Waiting. Like, what if Rory comes back today? <laughs> Because um, he is uh, dating a, a townie, essentially, at this point. Um, Shane, right? We eventually learn her name is yeah, Shane. Yeah, we yes. learn her name is Shane. There's a lot of shaming of Shane. Yeah. We're not going to do that. At least I'm no. not going to do that. Poor mm-hmm. girl is just making out with the hot boy. Leave her right? alone. Okay. If right? I had been dating somebody that looked like Jess Mariano in high school, I would have also been making out with right? him literally All everywhere. the time. Everywhere I could. <laughs> it wouldn't matter who All was there. All of the places. Yeah. But you know who's pissed about it? Uh, Rory. Rory Gilmore. <laughs> and Lorelai notices, makes a joke. But also, like I said, it's very pointed. Um, like, hey, look, Jess is making out with a girl in public, so you dodged a bullet. What is that? The- like, what is that? The, she hates yeah, Jess so he, much. Ch- cheat on Rory immediately? Like, what is she trying to say I don't there? No, she's going to become that girl. She's going to be made out in public. Rory I mean, and Dean made out in public around. all the time. Yes, yeah, and they do make out in public, but it's fine. Like, who cares? They're also, teenagers. Like, from what we know about young Lorelai, I'm sure that she wasn't too dissimilar from Shane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, villainizing Shane is not the way to do it. No, and she says, I know you had this crush, but, like, you're over it. Right? And I I guess we find out that she didn't know about Suki's wedding. Mm -hmm. Rory confesses. Lorelai's pissed. Mm -hmm. Uh, She just found out her supposedly perfect daughter is cheating or has cheated on her boyfriend. Her perfect boyfriend. That she hates. With the imperfect boyfriend. Yeah. I had forgotten that this particular fight between Lorelai and Rory happens, and I am really glad that it happens because, in my mind, the fight that they have in season four, when the Rory-Dean fiasco happens, it feels like it comes out of nowhere. But honestly, like, this is a little precursor to that. This is Lorelai saying, it's not okay to cheat. Like, I don't accept cheating. And I agree with Lorelai. I think she's right. I think she says, like, you went there with Dean and you kissed someone else. However, she defends Dean like he is the heavenly being above. Like, he, she mm-hmm. loves this guy so much. Mm-hmm. She does take a turn at the end, and I appreciate is that she tells her, cut him loose yeah. if you don't want him. 
go after Jess let him because find somebody who likes him. Mm-hmm. She if does make a comment great about love Jess. Of your life. Exactly. Yeah. She makes a comment about Jess, like I'm sure he's gonna have another girl within an hour, which is gross. But like, yeah, she's right. Break up with Dean. And this is the first time that she's finally vocalized this. Lorelai mm-hmm. is. And it takes Rory cheating on him for her to get her to say it, which bothers me. I'm glad she did finally say it. I I guess I understand Rory's reaction of getting defensive because you have a conversation yeah. like this and you're immediately going to get defensive. But, like, I really wish Rory would have taken more to heart what Lorelai said. Because at the mm-hmm. end of the day, even if you are not going to be with Jess, you cheated on your boyfriend. Yeah. At that, yeah. it's done. At that point, like... You clearly do not have the feelings for him that you think you do, and you need to be done with it. And instead, she just kind of, no, I'm done, I'm over, <laughs> and I'm fine. And guess who arrives but Dean himself early, because he took a flight early to meet her. Because he's the perfect boyfriend, right? <laughs> and she's just... so awkward when she greets him. Like, she's just like, what are you doing here? Dean has become a caricature. Like, he is a shell yeah. of the character he was in season one. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's kind of sad how much they destroyed Dean's character for Jess to look good. And Jess doesn't even look good in this episode. Like, physically, he looks good. But, like, character-wise. <laughs> We're supposed to be like, oh, Jess yeah. is skeezy. Oh, he's kissing a girl. Yeah. Yeah, who cares? Rory has a boyfriend. And she also left him. She kissed him, ditched him, and ran away and said, don't tell anybody. And what, he was yeah. supposed to become this celibate like person for the rest of his life? And she clearly didn't break up with Dean, because if mm-hmm. he, she broke up with Dean, everybody in town would know it. Right. So no, I would also is, find a hoplon. This is, is prime example number one of Rory just expecting everybody to fall all over her. Well, she's the main character, right? Like, I mean... Yeah. She is the main character, but, like, in the sense of the meme. She's main character. Pick me, girl. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, and we end the, like, scene with the... She's hugging Dean, but she's looking at Jess, mm-hmm. which just, like, feels so icky. Yeah. Ugh. And poor Dean. Again, never gonna be Team Dean, but... Dean is just excited. He's missed his girlfriend. He's written her letters. He's called her. He's been waiting all summer to see her. As far as we know, he's been a great boyfriend this summer. And even in this episode, I feel like it's a good episode for Dean. I don't remember him doing anything skeezy, but... He was writing her letters from Chicago. Yeah. There were multiple letters. Two-episode arc. Yes. And Uh, then I think we're going to fall off. (laughs) Well, I I feel like we have finished the... um, villainized dean to be the controlling possessive boyfriend and now we're in the sympathy for dean arc yeah yeah dean is dean is a mess of a character but he did make it fun to watch i enjoyed Mm -hmm. watching it when i was young and i mean it's a nightmare it's a train wreck but i enjoy watching it now (laughs) you know he's still gorgeous both boys are gorgeous taller (laughs) over the summer he looks so tall he's six four like yes. he's crazy. I mean, my tall. boyfriend's six four. He feels taller than that. <laughs> anyway, anyways, you know <laughs> what's a train high. wreck? A train wreck is arriving late to a dinner where you're already gonna have to tell your parents something horrible. You know they're gonna take that personally. 
Mm-hmm. And your daughter's not even there as a buffer? Yeah. <laughs> Lorelai set herself up for disaster. Exactly. She goes in. Emily gives her the scones. She couldn't just say thank you. Right? So easy. Thank you. She's like, oh, yeah, I'll look at these for years. No, you just say thank you. Sounds great. Can't Done. wait to make them. I Lie about say, it if you want. In yeah. Lorelai's defense on the whole scone fiasco conversation, Emily freaks out in season one about how to turn off the oven alarm. <laughs> so, like, can you imagine Emily Gilmore making scones? I was kind of expecting Lorelai to kind of, like, throw it back at her. Because yeah. she's like, are you telling me that you can't just follow the directions? Like, could I don't know, you, Mom? Mom. Can you? Right? Let's go in the kitchen right now. <laughs> there are other episodes where it's implied that Emily's the cook. And yeah. And that the I, maid is just, like, the one who, like, sets it up. So It's very confusing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. She starts to tell them. She doesn't even really get it out before Emily clocks it. Yep. Yeah, I don't. Does Lorelai even get her drink? Uh, she gets the drink, yeah. Okay. But okay. she doesn't drink it. Like, she has it in her hand, and that's it. I remember because I thought it looked red, and I was like, that's not white wine. But it's just a glass. <laughs> it's, it's like a big glass. Um, yeah, because they obviously they got the scones for Lorelai, and what do they get for Christopher? A captain's hat. How they cute. got him a captain's hat. Like, he's a I'm five year a old. Yeah. Um,. <laughs> There's a little bit of slut shaming towards Lorelai here. Um, a where she, yeah, well, a lot of slut shaming. She flints from man to man and, like, you have to grow up. And how many boyfriends have we seen her with? Max, she went on a date with, like, a young kid and then didn't date. date anyone. And Max was implied that was the first serious relationship she's had in years. And also, like, the first relationship her parents knew about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even if she was dating someone every other week, like, she's not exposing them to Rory. Yeah. Mm-mm. She only exposed Matt. Oh, that's a weird way of saying that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she only introduced Max, exactly. but Max and Rory had a history, so it was, like, kind of already existing. Mm-hmm. Right. And Christopher's her dad. Mm-hmm. Like, she was going to be there. He was going to be there. Uh, no, she does let them know. Because originally she's trying to, honestly, I think she goes into this trying to protect Christopher a little bit. Yeah. She just says it didn't work out, you know? And then they get really upset with her. And it's only then that she says his girlfriend is having a baby. Because Emily demands the reason. Mm-hmm. After she says his girlfriend is having a baby... I think everything goes downhill. And that's when mm-hmm. all of a sudden we get season one early episodes, Richard, where he is a villain. Guys, I am. I'm thinking about a pie. I'm thinking about For it. Richard? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so uncool. It's very mean. And it's also incredibly unnecessary. Like, the yeah. things that he is saying about her are not at all true. Well, and, like, he's saying that Christopher is going to go and be with Sherry, and of course they're going to get married because Christopher is a good man, and he's going to do the right thing, which Lorelai wouldn't let him do. At one point, does why does Lorelai have to give him permission to be a dad? You don't have to yeah. be in a relationship with somebody to be a dad. You don't need permission. Well... 
in this situation, he did not need permission to show up whenever he wanted. He Mm -hmm. chose not to. And we even, we go back to that scene earlier. Lorelai told Rory, just because I'm freezing him out does not mean you have to. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Richard continues to go off. Emily gets into it. And I mean, it gets so bad that they are fighting amongst themselves so much that Lorelai just gets up and leaves and they don't notice. They don't try to stop her. She just walks out because at that point, she's done what she needed to do and there's no point in staying for for food. All right. So the first pie was Lorelai and Luke. The second Mm -hmm. pie was um, Christopher. Mm-hmm. just his character in general but also just what happened last uh episode i i will admit this is not as bad as the first two but mm-hmm. i do hate richard in this moment yeah i hate the moment but this is not the first and i really don't think it'll be the last time that he says horrible things to lorelei and it's really not entirely out of character for him either so as much Ugh. as i hate it i don't think it's a two pie moment it's close though i will say it's close well it's especially frustrating when we think about all of the growth they had in season two Mm -hmm. right like with her working with him at his new business with her graduation we had these really happy moments where it was like wow look they've come so far nope we're right back to season one right back to season one so lorelei does just get up and leave because. I would have too. I don't blame her. Yeah. That's all you can do. Oh, no. 100%. Definitely. And Lorelai's upset, obviously. Um, And she goes to the person that she goes to when she's upset, even if he's upset with her. And that is Luke. Well, yeah. it is implied that she's going to try to go to Suki first. And then realizes that uh, right. Suki yeah. has her own issues. You see the Suki bear. and Jackson rolling the Wheeling bear out of the, the house. And so, yes, then she goes into Luke's. Luke is still very cold. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I still, I understand I'm team Luke here. um, Mm -hmm. But it's gotten to the point where it's like, are they ever going to be friends again? I mean, this is a really long fight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily, Lorelai actually doesn't go to Luke's. Uh, There's a new (laughs) girl in town. Her name is Mimi. Mimi, yeah, yeah. She is here. Mimi is really sad. She's Mimi really sad, sad, and she's also um, really forward. She just goes right in and just pours herself a cup of coffee. <laughs> it's her first Luke's cup of coffee for, like, months. Yeah. Months. And then she essentially has a breakdown yeah. at the end seat at the bar. And we see old Luke come out a little bit. Well... I kind of noticed when it starts, Luke is, like, almost rolling his eyes. He's like, you said you were going to come in, sit down, and shut up. Like, why Mm -hmm. aren't you? Mm -hmm. But then she says, "Um, this is the second time I let myself do this. And Lauren knocks it out of the park. Mm -hmm. I I get emotional watching this scene. Like, she is so devastated. And she explains everything with Christopher. And I feel like Luke didn't realize how bad she had it like how much she just got her heart broken exactly well because he wasn't really part of her life for the last however many months yeah like he was totally out of the loop i relate so much to lorelei here of the like i i don't currently have a partner and i'm fine with that 
Um, but I don't know if you guys watched Little Women with uh, Saoirse Ronan. Um, there's a little, like, rant that Saoirse gives. Like, women are so powerful. Why do they need men? Like, we can do so much. But I'm so lonely. Yeah. Right? And it's devastating. And that's kind of what I got here with Lorelai. Is just, like, she is so successful. She's doing so great. She has her daughter. She has a house. She has food. But she doesn't have someone to share it with. Ugh. It sucks. And it's hard. Yeah. And vulnerable Lauren just mm-hmm. cracked your heart open. And she cracks Luke's, too. Like, mm-hmm. Luke can't help but kind of, like, fall for her. Not even, like, romantically, but just, like, he can't look at her hurting no. in this situation and help himself. And he does give Mimi a donut, mm-hmm. a glazed donut, because he knows she's going to be hungry later, if not now, which she wraps in a napkin and puts in her purse. <laughs> I mean, what else would you do with a donut? <laughs> well, Lorelai goes home, back to Rory, and the first thing she does, she apologizes. Mm-hmm. She thinks that what she said was still fair, but just it wasn't fair of her to get upset and to yell at her, and Rory agrees. I disagree. Yeah. I think it was completely valid for Lorelai to get upset that she just found out her daughter cheated on her boyfriend and is just going to pretend like it never happened. I think what she was apologizing for was they were screaming in the middle of town. There were so many people around them. Right. First off, what if Miss Patty heard this conversation? I don't think it's as loud as it's implied because there's no way it wouldn't have gotten it out when the, with the, if they were yelling that loudly. And Dean walks right up as they're, like, at the tail end of this fight and has no clue. Um, but there's still a Dean, guys. There's still a Yeah, Dean. oh my gosh. She doesn't know what she was doing. He's so great. Lorelai says, are you staying with Dean because of me? Which I feel like, guys, yeah. I feel like, yes, <laughs> she is. And Rory really is like, no, I'm not. I... It's the pressure and the ex- expectation. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily Lorelai. I think it's Rory has a comfort zone and Dean is the boyfriend in that comfort zone. And if Jess was the possibility of a boyfriend, he's clearly not anymore because he has, you know, the blonde unnamed girl as of now. Um, So in Rory's mind, Jess is no longer a possibility. But she likes unpredictable. I mean, it's like he left for New York again, mm-hmm. right? Oh, we're all, we're fine. Jess is gone. Like, how many no. times do you have to have that conversation with yourself of, yes, me and my boyfriend are good, before you're like, maybe this is too many times that I'm telling myself that I'm good with my boyfriend. have to tell yourself that much, yeah. it's probably not the case. And while positive affirmation statements for yourself are fantastic, I have to do it for myself, wake up in the morning like, okay, you're good, you got this, you're gonna have a good day for yourself- those are good. Mm-hmm. Telling yourself, no, me and my boyfriend are happy? Maybe not so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, she's good, supposedly. And Lorelai's gonna be good. So, they're gonna be good together. They've forgiven each other. They're good. Everything's good. Except nothing is good. <laughs> I do want to say, for this episode, I love watching it. 
and getting like the tiny little clips. I'm like, ah, oh, that that scene's in the intro. That yeah. scene's in the intro. Mm-hmm. We have we, there are there are quite a few scenes from this episode that are plugged into the intro into the intro now. Well, that was the season three crazy, premiere. Crazy, crazy, crazy. <laughs> that one, and um, it was quite an episode. I wouldn't say it's the strongest premiere we've ever had. Um, but I don't think it's a bad episode by any means. Yeah, well, it's like. It's a coming together episode, right? Mm-hmm. We're coming from a from an absence, so there's kind of a little bit of awkwardness that comes with that. But yeah, not a bad one for sure. I like this episode. I love seeing the fun, quirky town stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's a good festival. If it wasn't like a hundred degrees this weekend, if there had been a festival like that, that mm-hmm. would have been super fun to go to. <laughs> I stand by the fact that I am absolutely amazed by how gorgeous everybody looks in this episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's talk about people. So let's jump into Townsperson of the Week. Guys, I kind of, okay, first off, I kind of wanted to pick Shane just because I think her <laughs> just, just making out with a hot boy against this tree is awesome. You and go, I'm, girl. Yeah, like I'm yeah. for it. But she didn't really have a line in this episode. Also, or a name. everybody yeah. hates this boy. <laughs> yeah. So, like, she's kind of making a very strong statement mm-hmm. by being seen publicly with Jess. She looks hot. She's making out with a hot guy. She's having the time <laughs> of her life. I'm for it. Not to necessarily shame her later, but when we do get to see some of her personality, it's not exactly stellar. <laughs> no, she's not great. Yeah, no, it. it Definitely, this is her best episode. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't talk. No lines. We don't see her face. Honestly, they could replace her. She could have been a body double. We wouldn't know. All right. It's I not going like to be Shane. Opinions. But I love Shane no. in this episode. Um, guys, for me, it's Paris. She That's goes what on I a, was thinking. Yeah, yeah. She goes on her first official non-Tristan date. And it's with a guy that seems to really like her. He read mm-hmm. the Zagat for her. Like, I think it's Paris. What about you guys? Yeah. Whole agree. I think if we have to give Suki's wedding episode to Suki, we have to give Paris's date episode to Paris because they're kind of equivalent. Like <laughs> as far as like Who character ever growth thought goes, Paris would go on a date. <laughs> yeah, Ugh. and it's also it's a good it's a good Paris episode. She's very true to herself, but she's not mean. Mm-hmm. She's yeah, you know, friendly. Yeah. From what we see, anyway, I feel bad yes. for whoever she went against in the debate and the politicians that oh, she talked to. Yeah, she we, did kind of make people cry, but you know that's just Paris. We mm-hmm. we did not mention the very last scene of them at the brunch, whatever it was. You see the senator that she was talking to, like pull that baby gif where he like comes in the door sees her and then immediately turns around and turns leaves. Around. <laughs> yeah <Yep. laughs> yeah um you know what any woman that can scare a congressperson i'm for that woman so and in the same breath attract a beautiful gorgeous princeton boy yeah yeah princeton man yeah uh-huh. won't hold it against him but congratulations paris yeah and after townsperson of the week we have references with sandra Weekly references with Sandra. 
Okay, so for today's references, I'm not gonna lie, guys. We're all over the place. Um, we start out wholesome and somehow get very morbid. I'm sorry, blame Gilmore Girls. <laughs> First up, let's talk about that never-ending song. What was it, Emily? Lazy, crazy, hazy, that crazy one. summer. Uh, so this is actually originally a German song uh, called You're Playing a Great Role. But, you, you know, in, translated in German. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1963, Hans Karstel, Karstel, I'm sorry, um, composed an English version, but the most famous version of the song was sung by Nat King Cole, um, who not only made it his opening track to his 1963 album, but also titled the album after it. Um, the song actually reached number six on the charts. So because all my references are kind of messed up this week, um, I'm going to include a fun fact for each one. <laughs> so Yay! this one is not so messed up. So I'm just going to give a general fun fact. I thought Nat King Cole was a, a woman until I looked him up. And then I realized <laughs> I confused him with his daughter, Natalie Cole. Oh. Who is also a singer. Nat Cole, Nat King Cole, and Natalie Cole, two different people. Just for anyone out there that Throwing also- Throwing it out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, next up is a reference that I can infer but didn't actually know. Sonny Van Bulow. Um, so Sunny is mentioned when Paris is having her meltdown and she says, when you're Sunny Van Bulow, you wind up in a coma, completely incapable of stopping Glenn Close from playing you in a movie. So Sunny Van Bulow, actually named Martha Sharp, uh, was an American socialite born in 1932. Uh, Sunny was the name given to her because of her sunny nature. At three years old, she inherited $100 million dollars. In wow. 1935. $100 million in 1935. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm looking it up. Okay. Yeah, let's look what that is with inflation. $2 billion? Cool. She inherited $2 billion in today's money. Um, and at 25, she married, and this is going to be, I have to take a deep breath for this, Prince Alfred Edward Frederick Vinces. Martin wow. Murren Van Osberg, <laughs> an Austrian yeah, okay. prince. <laughs> and they had two children together, Prince Alla and Prince Alexander. I'm sorry, Princess Alla and Prince Alexander. But they divorced in 1965. In 1966, she remarried Klaus Van Bulow. And unfortunately, this is when things went downhill. I'm not going to get too much into it because it's a little morbid. Um, but her new husband kind of try to kill her. And she did end up in an unexpected coma for the rest of her life. Uh, he was convicted, but then later acquitted in an appeal where he was defended by testimonies from Truman Capote and Johnny Carson's wife. Although um, his own lawyers later said that, yeah, he was 100% guilty. Anyways, the movie with Glenn hmm. Close is called Reversal of Fortune. I don't know if either of you guys know. No. Um, based on the book written by Alan Dershowitz. And Alan Dershowitz is a Harvard Law professor who was also Klaus Van Bulow's defense attorney. So this movie is by the defense attorney. Yep. Um, it's not questionable. Nope. Uh, the movie starred Glenn Close and Jeremy Irons as Sonny and Klaus, respectively. 
Irons won the Oscar for it. So um, my fun fact for this, uh, for this horrible reference, is that Sonny um, Baudelaire from A Series of Unfortunate Events is named after this Sonny Van Bulow. Oh, okay. I, That's her unfortunate. Her brother is named Klaus, though, so now I'm like, holy, isn't the husband named oh. Klaus? Um, well, yes, but definitely Sunny and Sunny are named after each other. And last but not least, and yes, definitely the most morbid, playing Gilmore Girls again, is the reference to Leopold and Loeb. Do you guys know who they are? No? It's mentioned quite a bit throughout the series, or there yeah. is a reference to them, but... You no. don't know who? Nope. Okay. It's gonna be fun, guys. Um, this is when Laura is having her dream sequence, and we find out she's having twins, previously called Sid and Nancy, which is already kind of weird because they're a couple, but now called Leopold and Loeb. So who were these guys? Um, Nathan Leopold and Richard Loeb were two wealthy students at the University of Chicago who kidnapped and murdered a 14-year-old in 1924. Um, these two assholes thought themselves so incredibly superior to others, especially in the term um, of intellect. So because of this, they committed this murder as a demonstration that they could commit the perfect crime without consequences because they were just so damn smart. They planned everything down to the smallest detail. They were cruel with the family with ransom notes after the, the kid was already killed. They even destroyed the typewriter they broke the note on, throwing it into a lagoon. They were so meticulous, except whoops, Leopold dropped his glasses at the crime scene. And although it was a common prescription, and the frames were just like your usual frames, they were fitted with an unusual hinge purchased by only three customers of all of Chicago. And one of them was obviously this moron. So when the pair were formally questioned, they had an alibi. They were out with some girls in their car, except, whoops, again, their chauffeur told the police already that their car was not working and it was being fixed at the time. And the destroyed typewriter that they flung into the lagoon, the police found it. That's actually impressive that the police found that. <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, and it wasn't long before they confessed and they were sentenced to life imprisonment for the murder, plus 99 years for the kidnapping. Um, fun fact for this mess... Uh, this case has inspired quite a few movies, including Alf Alfred Hitchcock's 1948 film Rope, 1959's Com Compulsion with Orson Welles, Tom Kalin's 1992 film Swoon, Wes Craven's 1996 film Scream, and finally 2002's Murders by Numbers starring Ryan Gosling and Michael Pitt. So, about five movies. <laughs> Why is Leopold and Loeb mentioned so much? Because, like, I, I think know. when Emily try brings in, like, that in that life insurance adjuster or whatever that tries to set Lorelai up in season one when Rory goes on her three-month date, mm -hmm. I think she's like, oh, you own the Dobermans. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, Leopold and Loeb. I'm pretty sure he said the names were. Um, I'm pretty sure oh, she remember. refers to Christopher's parents as Leopold and Loeb a couple of times. Well, I kind of want to go back and figure this out now because I know it's mentioned. Leopold and Loeb is like, it's kind of like a, a reference to smart intellectuals 
who think that they can commit the perfect crime, but never do. But can't. But can't. Um, so yeah, that's what Lorelai wants to name her twins. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry that things went morbid. Everything else we kind of knew. Carson Daly, I'm assuming people know who he is. Otherwise, we're really old. Um, Bono, you too. Like, it's just people we already knew. But that being said, up next is Emily with something hopefully a little bit more cheery. Books, movies, and music with Emily. Yes, we are definitely more cheery this time. Um, so the book, it's a book and it's a movie. It is The Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. It was written by Rebecca Wells, released in 1996. Now this is mentioned uh, right after Rory gets home from the airport and they're talking about, Rory and Lorelai are talking about Chris and I think Lorelai goes, yeah, yeah. Well, again, Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, it is, it takes place in like 1990s southern america it is the it's an uplifting story about a mother and daughter so in the movie sandra bullock plays the daughter she moves up north says something in an interview and her mom gets pissed and i was like i ain't talking to her anymore well her mom has this group of friends it's four girls who have been together through everything these women take take life in their hands. They're like, we're going to reunite mother and daughter. But it's the story of friendship, of love, of family between all of these women. James Gardner plays Sandra Bullock's dad, who you might recognize from The Notebook. He plays the older Noah in The Notebook. But it's a fantastic movie. It's a fantastic book as well. It did, it lasted on as number one on the New York Times bestseller list for 68 weeks oh wow uh so description is it is a poignant funny outrageous and wise novel about a lifetime friendship between four southern women divine secrets of the yaya sisterhood brilliantly explores the bonds of female friendship the often rocky relationship between mothers and daughters and the healing power of humor and love in a story as fresh and uplifting as when it was first published in 1996 let's say the movie with sandra bullock was made in and released in 2002. So I was kind of surprised it's not a huge gap between the two. I feel like normally when a there's normally like a decade plus gap. Um, I did want to point out though that Maggie Smith plays one of these sisters. Maggie Smith plays Professor McGonagall mm -hmm. in Harry Potter. Dame Maggie plays, Smith. Uh, the original Wendy Peter Pan. Wendy Darling. Darling. Wendy Darling. She plays the original Wendy, Dar Wendy Darling in Hook with Robin Williams. Tons of other fantastic things. Downton Abbey. Downton to Abbey. To all of yep. my people that watch Downton Abbey. I do. I'm actually really excited for the new movie that's coming out. Um, but yes, much more uplifting story full of love and friendship and family between women. Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood, released in 1996, written by Rebecca Wells. It's a book. It's a movie. Highly recommend both. I have a funny story. Real quick. When I was 14 years old, I was really into The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Ooh, yes. Don't read the that last one. That is something 
I wanted to mention because when I first heard it, for some reason, I heard Lorelai go, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. No. Which Alexis Bledel is in. She is. I'm sure as you were going to say. Um, I was a really big fan of the books. And then in 2005, the movie came out. My mom was giving me a birthday gift. And it was going to be the next book in the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Guess what book I did not get? I did not get that book. I got the Sisterhood of the, or the Yaya's, what was the Divine title? Secrets. The Divine, Divine Secrets, Secrets of the Yaya, Yaya Sisterhood. Sisterhood. That's what I got instead. And I was very confused. <laughs> None of these characters. See, and I didn't even like recognize it right away. I, I pulled up like the Wikipedia page of Yaya mm-hmm. and started scrolling down. I was like, this isn't the name of any of the characters. <laughs> no. no. It's a very sweet movie though. Um, also, if anybody else is a big fan of Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, if you read the original trilogy and then you were like, oh, there's another one, don't read it. <laughs> yeah, no. Don't read it. Thank you later. <laughs> don't. Maybe one day as a special thing, we can watch the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I do love that It's, a great, it's a great one. one. But yes, that was my uh, sad story of uh, the Sisterhood mix-up. <laughs> so yes that was divine secrets of the yayar sisterhood but after that we have fashion with jess making fashion choices making fashion choices making fashion choices with jess this was a good episode for dresses mm-hmm. there were a number of really good dresses in this episode I want to first give a shout out to the nighty, which we have already mentioned from the dream sequence. It's so funny. The first thing I thought when I saw Lorelai in this nighty was like, yes, girl, proud of you for upping your pajama game. You guys know I'm a big supporter of investing in pajamas. It feels like a silly thing until you do it. A lot of, again, like younger girls, teens, early 20s are wearing like nighties as slip dresses. So, again, I could totally see somebody wearing this with a pair of, like, chunky white platform heels and, you know, like, some funky sunglasses, and that's an outfit. It's gorgeous. It's this peachy pink. It's got ruffles along um, the, like, the top. It's spaghetti strap. Lauren looks amazing in it. I love that it's a dream, and she's like, yeah, I was wearing this great <laughs> nighty. Yes, you were. I want to throw something out because you, you made me think of this when you said, like, the white uh, shoes platform heels baby mm. spice i can yes. see baby spice it's giving this baby with spice her, with her go-go boots <laughs> yep it is giving baby <laughs> spice um and i i love the juxtaposition of this nighty against what laurel is actually wearing to bed which is a graphic t-shirt sweatpants and socks so just totally different vibes um and we see the whole outfit when she falls out of bed uh also Again, we've already mentioned it, but the um, the dress that she wears with the bucket hat is super cute. It's a pink paisley mini dress with a white pattern on it. V-neck. Um, she does accessorize it with a big, bold pink flower necklace and the white bucket hat. Not my personal favorite. I did, however, have a bucket hat that I wore to <laughs> death in elementary school. It was a denim rocket power, oh girl my gosh. power. I would kill to yeah. see this. Bucket hat. <laughs> I'll see if I can find a photo. But, like, I wore that bucket hat 
it's gross. I still have it at my parents' house. It's too small for me. I should try it on recently. If the last um, outfit was giving baby spice, this is giving Elwoods. Like, this is it really legally is. Yeah. 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 It's got this really great, like, lace trim on, on the bodice, this lace trim on the sleeves and on the bottom. Super cute. I agree, though. Sandra earlier said, I don't think it's appropriate for work as, like, the manager of an inn. Or Emily said that. Sorry. It's not It's not appropriate for, for work, but it's super cute. It's super summery. Um, the other two dresses I want to give quick shout-outs to are obviously Rory's dress that she wears for the festival. Um, I like it because she clearly picked it out because she wants to look good. Um, so this is, you know, Rory Gilmore's idea of, like, what you wear to attract a man. <laughs> um, and it is a really cute dress. It's very sweet. It's a pretty short dress on Rory. It's above the knee. It's a dark dress with pink flowers, and they're kind of, like, kind of funky pink flowers, but I like this. It's got cap sleeves. It's very sweet. It's, again, a little strange as a choice for this particular festival. For this particular um, boy. <laughs> for this particular boy. Yeah, but it's a cute look. And then my final dress is Lorelai's Friday night dinner dress. It's a dark dress with a little bit of a print, and it has flutter cap sleeves, um, kind of a sweetheart almost v-neck neckline. It's very pretty. I think that it's one of those dresses that would look really simple on a hanger, but you see it on Lauren's body and you're like, I would kill for this dress. Mm -hmm. Um, She looks incredible. Everybody looks pretty incredible throughout this episode, as we have all mentioned. And I put on my detective's cap because I said, okay, everybody looks so stinking good in this episode. What did they do? Here's what they didn't do. They did not switch costume designers. Robin Lewis West is still the costume designer. Mm -hmm. They did not switch costume supervisors. That is still Brenda Mabin. They did not switch, and I was surprised by this, hair. Hair is still done by Patricia Becchio. They did switch makeup artists. Previously, we've had Lisa in season one, Susan in season two. Marie came onto the scene season three and marie said i'm switching it up everybody's gorgeous everybody's gonna look like a runway model all the time i think this is most apparent um when we see rory especially in her scenes where she's in washington Mm -hmm. and you look at her and you're like okay alexis has always been beautiful but the brunch scene like she looks really pretty here she looks stunning i think a lot of it is that they are darkening her lower lash line Mm -hmm. Um, I compared this against both the wedding episode and um, Rory's coming out because I thought those are episodes where we might have seen her wear a little bit more makeup and she was not, she didn't have like a smudged out lower lash line, which I think makes a huge difference and makes her big gorgeous eyes pop and look even bigger. Um, And also Paris's makeup Mm -hmm. looks incredible. She looks like a confident young woman who like has her act together and as we all know, Paris Geller does not. So that is the power of makeup, people. And she doesn't look like an old lady like she did season one, where sometimes she just looked no. like super old, like she could be in her 40s. Um, she exactly. looks beautiful. And that dress that she wears to go out on the date, like, I think that's one of her best looks. Yes. And that does bring me to my best dress of the episode, which is Date Night Paris. Mm-hmm. So Paris is wearing this, it's like a black base with a bunch of white and pink flowers over it. Um, Again, little cap sleeves, a little bit ruched. 
and it is just, it's so fun to see her in fresh young clothing with a simple necklace. Her hair is perfect. Her makeup is like, that's what I want my makeup to look like the day I get married. It is so good, so clean, so fresh. Uh, Marie, thank you. (laughs) I hope you stick around for the whole season because... Something is just, something is different. She's changed up the formulas. She's changed up the way these characters look. And it's so subtle, but it makes such an impact. I said it many times. I'll say it one final time and then I'll be done. If it's makeup, then it got stepped up. Holy crap. Everybody looks gorgeous. Everybody looks beautiful. And not that they didn't look beautiful before. They did. But just hot damn. Can we talk about outfits that didn't hit the mark? I... Yeah, which ones were not good I for do you? not like... Lorelai's red lace top. I think illusion lace is really tricky as a dress. I think a lot of the time it works because it's spread out mm-hmm. um, over a wide area. But with it just being the top, it does kind of look like she's wearing a sheer top with nothing under it. Yeah, it, it's just not a look that I like. And it is a look that, you know, prom season, a lot of people wore that look. And I just could never mm-hmm. get into it. There was one other, um, I think when Rory's in DC and she's just hanging out. The orange shirt? Yeah. I just didn't think that it worked very well. No, it's the most structured t-shirt I've ever seen in my entire life. There are so many seams. It is so detailed, but the color just completely detracts from it. I feel like it's something where maybe if it was black, it would be better. Not that she looks bad, because again... Everyone looks gorgeous. Um, it was just a a weird shirt for me. I don't know. I'm going to go against the grain. I liked both of those outfits. Yeah. Lorelai's illusion lace red top with like what had like a chunky belt to separate. Mm-hmm. And what Ori is wearing, one hundred percent wore that outfit at one point. Oh, I'm sure I would have worn Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome to season three. Fashion's only going to get better from here, but that was the fashion recap and up next we have stars hollow speaks so we put out a request for thoughts on the episode and some of you wrote in so from iman we had i love lorelei's pink summer dress and paris missing her ask out is so cute to me it drives me crazy that richard said that lorelei stopped chris from being a father just because they didn't get married doesn't mean chris couldn't be in rory's life I do think Lorelai should have given Luke a proper apology for how she yelled at him. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if maybe that happened in a later episode, though. I think she does apologize. Like she apologized already. She wrote him a letter. Yeah, and then she yeah. apologized again. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It's not great. Kind of. <laughs> it's, but it's a non-apology apology, yeah. I feel like. What she says, anyway. Yeah. But thank you, Iman. We also heard from Ash Miski again. Question, do we all project they'll resent me onto a partner when they feel it's going too well or easy regarding Suki painting the house? I've definitely done similar when I feel like it's too easy. You must be secretly hating me for this or this because clearly I can't make you purely happy as is. Also, hate hate Lorelai's bucket hat. I mean, I 100% (laughs) agree with that. Um, Yeah, it's insecurities. Unfortunately, sometimes it happens in relationships, um, especially when things are going really good. Mm-hmm. It's true to life. I'm really glad that Suki and Jackson were able to get past it. Yeah. 
I know I have definitely done it. Mm-hmm. We honestly see Lorelai do it in the future when her and Luke are together and she like forces him to go camping because she thinks he's not doing what he wants to do. So like we mm-hmm. even see Lorelai do it in the future. Um, it's a very real thing. Yeah. And I, I appreciate yeah. seeing it. And our last comment I just think is so hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> It's from two hours from Pluto, one of our regs, and she says, the way I will never mention Christopher in my comments for fear of incurring the same level of wrath from you lovely ladies. Guys, do we hate Christopher too much? No. I don't think too much. (laughs) I think, do we hate Christopher? Yes. Yes. In our defense, though, while we hate Christopher... We love all of our listeners, and we will respect your opinion. Oh, definitely. 100. Even if it's yes. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Even Absolutely. if you're wrong, we'll still listen to you. Yes. And just want to throw in one little reminder. Um, you may have seen it on Instagram. You may have heard it in our last episode. Um, but our lines are now open if you want to leave us a message on our answering machine. Um, there's a link in our bio on Instagram to do that. And we'd love to actually hear from some of you this season. So leave us a message and you might end up on the podcast. Yes. Yep. And guys, before we close up this episode, coffee. La, 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 Thankfully, we're back at Luke's, guys. Starting next episode, we're back at Luke's. Things are going to change with coffee. But... She pours, like, a teaspoon in that cup, though. <laughs> yeah, but it is it still counts. Um, and Rory's little dainty cup still counts as well. Lorelai had two cups of coffee, and Rory had one cup of coffee. So, our, kind of a typical episode in that regard. I'm curious mm-hmm. to see if it's going to go up now that Luke's is back in rotation. Yeah. So, but, yeah. Especially yeah. once we have a new relationship that brings even more Luke's into it. Mm-hmm. yeah so we'll we'll see you this season um guys this is a good episode i'm glad that we're in season three i'm glad that the makeup <laughs> has gone up yeah in production yeah. it's uh marie del pret thank think. you marie please come do my makeup <laughs> <laughs> To be fair, anybody's probably better than me at makeup, but still. <laughs> Fine. Well, thank you so much for listening to our first episode of Season 3. As always, I was Jess. I was Emily. And I was Sandra. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to Town Meeting, a Gilmore Girls Rewatch podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so on Instagram or Twitter at Town Meeting Pod. Or if you'd like to send us an email, send it to townmeetingpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to toss us a couple bucks and support the podcast, find us on buymeacoffee.com slash townmeeting.